Are y'all alive tonight? Did y'all have a good time during worship? Come on, make some noise for the band. They? they always do an awesome job. It was nice having Graylin and Ethan back tonight, yeah? Yeah, you know, when Graylin starts scream singing and you try to match the notes and then your voice cracks. Luckily, the music's loud, so no one hears anyone. Just me? Cool, okay. Jordan, I'm sorry, you probably could hear me scream singing up front, so you got a front row seat there. <laughs> but hey, uh, we are happy that you're back. Who's excited that it's 2020? Who's like already over it? <laughs> yeah, who has written the date wrong? Okay, I started typing the date on my message like on the computer this morning, and I got thrown off like big time, okay? I had to sit there and stare at it and make sure it was right for a second. But uh, man, you know, I, I, I guess before I even get into that, I need to remind you of a couple of things because they're really important. Um, winter retreat is not this weekend, but next weekend. Hey, it's going to be a ton of fun. If you're on the edge about signing up, about going, I'm telling you, just step out and go because, man, we've been praying, we've been believing. I think God's going to do something awesome, and you're going to have a ton of fun, and you get to see a zebra. That's kind of cool. Amen. And you will see Chance fall in the lake, and if he doesn't tip his canoe, we'll make him. Right, Chance? He said, he said that he'll do it if it means that you'll go, Okay. So, uh, man, I'm telling you, you want to be there. Also, hey, for those of you who are signed up uh, next week, those of you that are going, uh, we have our parent info meeting right after service. Okay, so next Wednesday night, right after service, tell your parents to be here uh, because they're going to pay for your trip. I need some paperwork for you. All of that stuff we can get taken care of next Wednesday. Okay, I'll give you all the details for it and all that. Uh, and then also remember, we've got small groups this Sunday at 6 o'clock. The only other thing that we've kind of got that I'm excited about that I wanted to talk about for just a second, y'all, if you don't remember our last service in December, uh, we actually told you we just la launched our Powerhouse podcast. Has anybody gotten the chance to check it out yet? And so, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, man, we just launched our Powerhouse podcast. Man, it's really cool. One, if you miss service, you can't make it. You can still listen to the message a couple days after. Uh, check it out, and it's also a good tool. Man, you could share it with your friends or whatever, and hopefully, man, they'll listen to it and get the Word of God. And so, man, we are excited about that, so you can check it out. Um, but... You know, tonight, I am excited that everybody's back. You know, we took a two-week break, and it really felt like a very long time. Did it not? Like, okay, two weeks sounded like nothing, and then today I was getting ready, and it's like, I feel like I haven't seen everyone in like three months. Like, I don't know. It just felt like forever. Uh, but I hope that you had an awesome holiday. I hope that you had a good new year. I hope that you got everything for Christmas that you wanted. Anybody get anything cool? You don't have to brag. It's okay. <laughs> You're really wanting to brag. No, no, Frank. We're not going to let you brag in front of everybody. Um, <laughs> dang it. Oh, Oreos? Yeah, that is a good gift. What's up? Yeah, I did get some Christmas tree cakes. I have to mention those one more time. I, yeah, from uh, Landon Pre-Baby. Uh, thanks, bro. They were gone in like 30 minutes, so... <laughs> But, uh, man, you know, it's kind of funny. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that comes with the new year. Most of the time, you don't get used to writing the date until like a month in. I remember turning in all my assignments and stuff at school, the teacher getting on to me because I was writing the last year. Uh, I remember, um, and all these resolutions. Anybody like to make New Year's resolutions? 
You know, I saw, um, <laughs> not anymore, uh, I saw you've just given up on the whole idea, okay? Um, I saw a meme uh, that was kind of funny that uh, before the new year started, they posted and said, I just can't wait to meet all these new people in 2020 because everybody was posting about their New Year's resolutions, how they were going to be a different person this year. All of those things I think is kind of funny. Uh, if you drive by the gym, y'all, it is packed out, okay? Like everybody's like, man, this summer I'm going to have a rocking bod. Like I'm going to get it going on. And then like two weeks later, they're eating Oreos on the couch. Like, and I've already given up. Anybody of you been there? Yeah, I just accept it. It's like, I'm just going to stay laying on the couch and eating Oreos. It's cool. Um, so, I mean, you see that all the time. Even this past weekend, um, I mean, it was, it was really cool, but our church was packed out. Like, there was a ton of folks saying, all right, this year, man, I'm coming back to God. I'm going to serve him. Uh, and, and it makes me really excited. And so, I don't know about you, but um, I would be willing to bet that some of us, we have some things in our life that we need to leave behind in 2019 so we can move forward in 2020. Is that you? So you got some things you need to leave behind? You got some things you need to let go? You got some struggles? You got some issues that you want to say goodbye to? Man, I think I do. I know probably every one of us in here, we've got something we need to let go of. And so uh, tonight, we're going to start a two-part series we're going to share on this week and next week. Um, and what kind of sparked it, I think this has happened to everyone, but have you ever had like one of your besties Y'all text, y'all message each other all the time. You know, one night you're like, I don't know, you, you shoot them a message. Some of y'all like, I lost you at bestie. You're like, I don't know what that feels like. Um, but uh, yeah, sad, <laughs> just sad. That's all you can say. 2020 is gonna be the year that you make a friend, y'all. I believe it in Jesus' name. Um, but have you ever texted somebody and you're like, hey, what's up, girl? Like, you want to hang out, whatever? Like, that was a girl text to another girl, not like a guy hitting on them. I'm sorry. And then they text you back. They hit you with a new phone. Who this? Anybody? Y'all, y'all are fronting in here. Maybe you're not old enough for people to be like swapping phones and all that. But that used to happen all the time in high school. Like there was one guy that got a new cell phone like every week. I don't know how. And like he always traded SIM cards. I don't know what the deal was. He was probably a billion dollars in debt to AT&T because you know they charge like a million dollars to change your number. And uh, man, you would text him and it's like, boy, I, I thought we were boys. And then he would hit you with the new phone. Who this? And you're like, man, I thought we were besties. And so uh, this year, man, what kind of sparked me, uh, this is what kind of sparked me for my, my message tonight. But uh, our two-part series is New Year, Who Dis? <laughs> and so uh, what I want to talk to you about tonight, and we're going to be short. We're going to go into a little time of altar, and hopefully we're going to have enough time to have a discussion at the end in our groups. Uh, but I would be willing to bet that some of us in this room, I mean, this new year, you need to have a new you. You need some things to be changed. You need some things to be shifted. Maybe when some people text you or holler at you, want you to go hang out or get swept away in some old stuff, you don't need to respond how you normally would. You need to say, hey, new year, who this? I don't do that no more, okay? Because this year is the year I'm living for Jesus, Amen. Okay, I got some of y'all now. It's like, all right, all right. Some of y'all were questioning. Like, I don't know. You got to be hip and spell it with, with a D. Like, who, who this? Okay? Who this? Everybody say, who this? <laughs> if you say hip, you're not hip. Okay. 
All right, hey, tonight, uh, before we jump in, let's bow our heads and say a prayer. Lord, we do come to you in Jesus' name. God, we thank you for every person that's here, every person under the sound of my voice. God, tonight, we just put our heart and focus on you. Lord, we pray that every person would receive something from you. God, you would help us to refocus on you this year. God, that 2020 would be our best year yet. Lord, we would see you move in our hearts and our lives tonight and just recenter us on you, God, so we could seek you this year. And so, Lord, we love you, we praise you, and everyone said, amen, amen. Hey, uh, so what we're going to do tonight, if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Revelation chapter 2. Y'all, say Revelation. Who in here ever read Revelation? You're like, what? <laughs> well, I still read Revelation, and I'm like, huh, what? Okay, cool. Like, that's, there's a dragon, and, like, you know, like, there's some pretty cool stuff in there. But when you start reading Revelation, some of it's kind of confusing, okay? Man, all of us, we've probably done that at some point. Tonight, uh, we're not going to dive into uh, a ton of, of the underlying meanings and all this stuff, but there's going to be seven verses in Revelation chapter 2 that I want you to look at uh, because God's been speaking to me through it through the last probably three or four weeks, okay? Uh, and so... I want to give you a rundown before we jump to the first verse and, and kind of get into this. Um, but most of us, we don't have a great understanding of the book of Revelation. Okay, so I want to tell you, one, the apostle John wrote the book, the beloved apostle. Uh, they believe that he wrote the book while he was on the Isle of Patmos. Okay, and so what, uh, what the book of Revelation uh, really is, it's, its literary genre, if you will, is the apocalyptic prophecy. Okay, and so it's a prophetic word of the end times. And so what is happening, I'll explain this kind of in layman's terms. What's happening is John gets a vision or a word from God about things that are going to happen in the end times when Jesus is about to come back for his second coming, right? And so I don't know if you realize that. Jesus didn't just come once to die on the cross and then go back to heaven, but he's coming back again to round up his followers and to bring us into heaven, amen? And so that's like exciting, okay? That's a big deal. And so this is kind of what's going on in the book of Revelation. In Revelation chapter two, what happens is Jesus speaks to John and he tells him to write a letter to seven different churches, okay? All we're gonna look at tonight, seven verses, and it's gonna be the letter that was written to the church in the city of Ephesus, okay? You, you follow me so far? You with me? Okay, it's gonna be short, but I need you to pay attention if you look like you're zoning out, I'll just preach for two hours. <laughs> you're like, you're going to preach long anyway. No, I'm going to try to go short, okay? I promise. I, I, sometimes the Lord starts speaking, okay? Whatever, guys. Okay, y'all check it out on the Sky Bible, verse 1. It says, To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands. Okay, who's lost? <laughs> Verse one, what? Okay, uh, so this is what I wanna kind of just break this down for you for just a second so you understand what's going on and then we're gonna move on and it's gonna be really practical, okay? Uh, so it starts and it says, to the angel of the church in Ephesus. Okay, this is not addressing a heavenly being, a heavenly angel. What they're actually writing this letter to is the pastor or the leader of the church in Ephesus. Okay, so he's just referring to them as, as the angel, like a saint, uh, but it's actually just talking about 
to the pastor. Okay, so you read this verse, to the pastor of the church in Ephesus, write the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand. The one who holds the stars in his hand is Christ. Okay, it specifically mentions seven stars. What the seven stars stand for are the seven pastors of the seven churches to what he's about to write, the letters he's about to write. You with me? Okay, then it mentions seven golden lampstands. The seven golden lampstands are actually the seven churches he's about to write to. Okay, it's really simple. Um, And so now that you understand that, the picture that this is painting is Christ is going to and fro. He's moving uh, between uh, the churches. He's tending them. He's, he's meeting their needs. He's protecting them uh, from the evil one. And it's kind of painting this picture that he is constantly building his church. Okay, do you get that? So Christ, he's holding these pastors in his hand, and he's going between the seven golden lampstands, taking care of them, tending them, meeting their needs. He's, he's taking care of his church. Okay, I think this is like really, really kind of neat here uh, because you see an idea of what Christ is doing in heaven. Like he's, he's tending his people. And this is what I want you to see before we move on. This is just a bonus point. This is not even really about what we're talking about tonight. Um, but this kind of shows us that a church gathering is more than just a hangout or a service. It's saying that when, when we meet, when God's people come together, like Christ is here in our midst, he's, he's tending, he's, he's meeting our needs, he's moving in our midst. And so when we come together, it's, it's something special that he is here. Is that not like a really awesome idea that God is here, like Jesus is, is tending to our needs right now in this moment? Is that not neat? So whatever need you have, whatever issue, whatever, Jesus wants to minister to that tonight. Is that cool? No, just me? Man, that's really cool to me. Like, Jesus is here. Man, he wants us to draw closer to him. And, you know, while we're here, man, oftentimes he'll, he'll lay things on your heart about maybe things you need to change, maybe things you need to shift, maybe things you need to start doing or stop doing. And uh, this is kind of what we're going to talk about uh, tonight. You know, we've been praying uh, that 2020 will be the best year yet. And I truly believe that. um, And I believe that it can be your best year if you'll pursue God and you'll uh, walk in everything that he has for you. But uh, this is what I want you to look down. We're going to kind of get into more of the practical uh, application of this tonight. Look at verse 2. Remember, this is just a letter to the church in Ephesus. This is what it says. This is what Jesus is saying to them. Okay, he says, I know your works your toil, your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. Okay, my first point tonight that I want you to grab if you're taking notes, if you like to write it down on your phone like I do, is uh, that God knows our works. Everybody say, God knows our works. Okay, when you go through the book of Revelation, really the next couple of chapters, there are seven letters written to these churches. Five out of the seven letters begin with this phrase, I know your works. Uh, The other two letters begin with, I know your tribulation and I know where you dwell. Okay, and so uh, the idea is really two-pronged. Okay, Jesus knows our works. One, it should give us peace that he knows our works. Two, it's kind of a little bit scary. Okay, I want to talk about these for just a second. Uh, One, it should give us peace. Uh, It gives us peace because uh, it means that every time we go through hardship or trouble, who's there? Man, every time you feel alone, 
every time you feel like nobody cares, every time you're going through something tough and you just want to, uh, to, to give in and throw in the towel, man, God sees, he knows what you're going through, and uh, man, he knows what you're up against. Okay, and really this idea kind of reminded me of uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel chapter 3. Right, y'all probably remember uh, this in the VeggieTales version. Anybody VeggieTales fans? The asparagus gets thrown in the fiery furnace, or broccoli. I can't remember. The little people, yeah, whatever. Y'all know. Sure, there is. But think about it for a second. Man, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're getting judged because they stand for God's uh, principles, because they won't bow down to these pagan idols, and all of a sudden, they're going to get thrown into the fiery furnace. Man, they were going through it. Man, they were kind of facing an insurmountable obstacle, like an issue, a problem. Don't you think that they probably had no idea what to do? Like, they had no idea where to go. Like, I'm literally about to die. Like, what in the world? Like, God, help us, please, please. And all of a sudden, man, they get thrown into the fiery furnace, and they weren't there alone, right? And so even in the midst of the fire, a fourth person appeared, and who was it? Somebody was fired up about Jesus, yeah. Man, Jesus showed up in the midst of their trial, in the midst of their tribulation, and I want to tell you this, man, I think it's really common for young people to feel alone, to feel like nobody cares, to feel like nobody really knows or relates to you, and uh, the reality is, is that Jesus sees everything you're going through. Jesus knows every problem. He knows every issue. He knows everything that hurts your feelings. He knows everything that breaks your heart. He sees all the tears that are cried on your pillow at night. All the guys are like, don't cry. Shut up. It's like, yo, okay, okay. Your sister next door is like, what is that sound? It's you weeping. And um, I think it is so amazing when you, you kind of begin to, to look at this, though, I mean, it gives you this truth that if we're believers, if we belong to Christ, you're never alone. I mean, you know, in the midst of young people who struggle with depression and suicide and, and loneliness and all of these things, it's good to know that no matter what you go through, no matter where you are, Jesus is there with you. He's walking through it with you. It should give you peace because your God is going through the tribulation. He's going through the fire with you. Is that not awesome? It's like it should give you peace because Jesus knows your works. He knows what's going on in your life. But also, y'all, this is a little bit scary. Let's just put this, uh, I guess, just a little more practical for just a second. Uh, Jesus knows how you live. Some of y'all's eyes are getting a little big. <laughs> Wait, what you mean? <laughs> hey, he sees the good things when you try to honor him. He sees the bad things. He sees how we live and walk through life every single day. Man, he sees your heart when you try to fight temptation and follow him to honor him, and he sees when you don't care and you're living a life of disobedience and you want to do whatever you want to do. Man, and if we really grasp this reality that Jesus, man, he sees us every single day. Jesus sees our works doesn't that want, like make you want to live a little differently? Hey, Jesus sees the way you are in the classroom. Jesus sees the way you walk down the halls. Jesus sees the way you are in the locker room. There's a giggle there. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus sees the way you are at home with your parents. Jesus sees the way you are when no one else is there. 
and what you do. He knows your thoughts. He knows what goes through your heart. And listen, I think it's, it's kind of scary here because Jesus is speaking to the church in Ephesus, and, and really what he's saying right here is, is a positive thing. It's a commendation um, about their works, that their works are good works, that they have honored God, that they've striven to please him. But I, I, I don't ever want to stand before God and him be able to tell me, I know your works and none of my works are good. Is that not a scary thought? And so if you begin to understand this reality that every minute of every day, God is with me, he sees my works, he sees how I live, it, it kind of challenges me to begin to live in a different way. Man, when I'm hanging out with my friends, it makes me want to honor God in a greater way. Hey, when I'm at home alone and I'm looking at inappropriate stuff, it makes me want to put down my phone. It makes me want to put down the computer and begin to seek God instead of give in to temptation. Man, we could go through example after example, but listen, man, when you get the reality that God sees your works and one day you will be judged according to those works, it makes me want to live differently. It makes me want to honor God in a greater way. And I'm telling you tonight, God sees your works. God sees. He sees how you live. And, and like we said at the beginning, I believe this year, 2020, man, this needs to be a year where we leave some stuff behind. There were some things that probably went on in 2019 that weren't that awesome. Maybe you started out good. Maybe you started out where you wanted to honor God. You wanted to please him. And you know what? Before too long, you were wore out. Before too long, you kind of gave up. Before too long, you quit seeking him. I've been there before. But we need to say, hey, 2020 is a year where I'm going to be consistent. 2020 is going to be a year where all of my works honor God, where I pursue him and I please him because I'm here to build his kingdom. Man, 2020 needs to be a year. You leave some stuff behind in 2019 so you can move forward. Amen? Yeah, three of y'all like that. Cool. Some of y'all are like still confused about God knowing your works. It's like, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's scary, y'all. Okay, I want you to check this out in verse three. It says this, I know you're enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. The key word here is enduring, and I want you to look at this point too. God calls his people to endure. God calls his people to endure. God is commending the church in Ephesus here because they have endured hardship. They've endured the trials. They've continued to press on. They've continued to seek him, and he's proud of them because they've remained faithful. I mean, you know, I say this all the time, uh, but one of the biggest tests a believer will ever face is the test of time. Anybody can be good for a little bit. Anyone can say they're going to honor God for a week, but I'm telling you, when you begin to multiply months and months and years and years, it gets a lot more difficult. Do you agree? And so I'm telling you, believers are called to live uh, a life of endurance. And so anybody, man, can do good for a little bit, but can you be passionate for a year? Man, can 2020 be a year where you're passionate for God all year long? Can 2020 be a year where you pursue God all year long? Can 2020 be a year where you say no to the temptation, you fight those things and try to live a life of obedience all year long, not just for a week in January after you hear a message on, what's it, January 8th? That's today. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Whoa, okay. But can you live a life of endurance? 
Man, you know, uh, we, we see this a lot in, in, in our youth students, and it, it happens all the time, but, man, it, it's really easy for students to, to get fired up. Man, maybe we even go on a trip, they get excited, or, or uh, man, they're, they're really passionate for God, and then before too long, you know, that kind of passion, that zeal kind of begins to fade a little bit, right? Have you ever been there before? And, uh, man, I'm telling you, God has called us not to be passionate just for a little while, but God has called us to endure that even when things get hard, even when things get tough, hey, even when things get busy, man, that's probably one of the biggest excuses we hear just when you get busy and you have school going on, you got, man, you got a boyfriend or a girlfriend now. Some of y'all, you get a little older and you get a car and you're like, what's up? I'm rolling around town in my Mazda Miata hollering at the ladies. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, what's a Mazda Miata? <laughs> if a dude rolled around the Miata hollering at ladies, it would be very amusing. That's all I'm saying. If you have a Miata, I'm sorry. I'm not making fun of you. I'm just saying it would be funny to see that. Okay, moving on before someone gets offended. Um, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> what, just ask me after service. <laughs> Hey, but think about this for just a second. This last year, this last year, man, did you kind of have something come in your life that caused you not to really endure? Did you get too busy? Man, did you get a boyfriend or a girlfriend that kind of distracted you? Did you just kind of get lazy and start watching a whole lot of TV and playing video games and not want to do anything else? Man, what, what caused you? Man, to kind of walk away, what kind of caused you? What was the barrier in your life? Because I want to tell you that, that this year, God wants you to be someone who walks in endurance. Hey, that even when you get busy, even when something is hard, even when things don't always go your way, you know what? I'm going to seek keeping, I'm, I'm going to seek keeping, keep seeking God because he is worthy. Man, I'm telling you, you have to learn to live a life of consistency, Man, this doesn't need to be a year where you get fired up for two weeks. This is going to be a year where you're fired up all year. You're seeking God and you're seeing your friends come to know him because you're finally living a life in consistency. <laughs> Germans liking that one. Man, if there was something in your life that caused you to stop enduring, hey, this year, that might need to be something that you leave behind. Does that make sense tonight? And, you know, there's so many students, like we said, and especially in like 10th, 11th, 12th grade, you get a little older, you get a car, man, you, you get your boyfriend and girlfriend, all these things. And, and there's things that just kind of pull you away. And before you know it, you're distracted. Before you know it, you're kind of distant from God. And, and it kind of happens so slowly that you didn't notice until you're finally in a place you didn't want to be. Man, I'm telling you, don't let 2020 be a year that you walk away from God. Don't let 2020 be a year where you're distracted. Can we do that this year? Can we be somebody who endures, who's somebody who pushes through in the difficult times? And I'm telling you, that's a huge deal. If you can learn to do that in your life, hey, this year I'm seeking God. Next year I'm seeking God. Next year, next year I'm seeking God. I'm telling you, God will multiply blessings in your life. It'll be awesome. It'll be way, way better than doing good for a couple of weeks and then falling back. Come on, God causes people to endure. I want you to look at the last few verses here as I get ready to, to kind of close. But look at verse four. All of this time, Jesus 
was speaking to the church, and really it was a commendation, but I want you to see this. It kind of changes here. Verse 4, he says, But I have this against you. And he says, That you have abandoned the love that you had at first. And then in verse 5, he says, Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works that you did at first. He says, If not, I'll come to you, I'll remove your lampstand from its place, and unless you repent, Yet this you have, you hate the work of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. And he says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. To the one who endures, to the one who conquers. Listen, our third point, our last point tonight, is God is calling us to return to our first love. The letter of the church, uh, this letter to the church of Ephesus, it begins with a commendation. He begins telling them what, what he's proud of them for doing. He, and man, he's talking about their works. He, he's praising them for some of the things that he's done. He praises them because they have endurance, that they, they make it through the hard times, that they continue to seek God. Uh, but he says, you don't love me like you used to. And I don't know about you, but I feel like in the last few weeks, God has been speaking to this to me personally, and then also for our ministry. And I think every person in here, most of us, I mean, we've probably had moments or times in our life where God has really moved, where we've really been passionate for him, where we've really loved him, where we've really sought after him. Dude, and something has happened. Maybe it was our fault. Maybe somebody kind of distracted you or got you off track. And that love that you once had for God kind of faded. You ever been there? And I know that, that I have. You know, verse 5 says, remember from where you have fallen. All it's saying is remember how much you used to love me. Remember how much you used to to be thankful for what I've done for you. Remember how much you used to pursue me. Remember all the things that you used to do to honor me. And then he says, would you, would you return to those things? Would you just come back and love me like you used to love me? And, you know, I've been thinking uh, over the last few weeks since we've had off, and, you know, I, I think back to this sign that this year I will, when we, we've had these powerful moments throughout the year where you really feel like God has spoken to you, God has done something. I think back to uh, our, our beach trip, which is crazy. It was already like half a year ago. I think back to those times where, man, God moves in such an awesome way. Man, we come home, everybody's fired up, like, I'm about to change the world, what's up? Like, this is about to be awesome. And then you know what? Before too long, it's kind of like that, that passion, that love, that zeal that you have for God begins to fade a little bit. Come on, have you been there? And tonight, I really feel like God is wanting to, to stir some of us. He's wanting to call some of us just to simply come back to our first love. Think about this. Think about the moment that you gave your heart to Christ. And if you're in this room tonight and you haven't done that, if you can't think about this time that, that you've really loved and, and passionately pursued God, man, I believe that tonight can be the night that that begins. But for just a second, think about when you gave your life to Christ. I don't know where you were. What grade were you in? How old, old were you? Where were you at? How did you feel afterwards? 
that you had this revelation about God, about Jesus, and about what he did for you? Man, were you grateful? Were you passionate? Were you excited? Did you pursue God? Did you come and worship with everything that you have? Did you come and like when, when it's time for the word, you're like, all right, man, I'm about to get something like God about to wreck me. You know what I mean? Like you come with expectation. And then I want you to think about where you are right now. And I want you to think, have, have you kind of lost that love? Have you kind of lost that passion? Have you kind of lost that, uh, that, that excitement? Because if you have, I really believe that tonight God is calling our, our ministry to come back to our first love, that we would learn to live in this sort of place that we're always passionate about God. We always worship with all of our heart. We always love him with everything that we have. That 2020 wouldn't be a year where we only do good for a little bit and we have all these ups and downs, but 2020 would be a year where we walk in consistency and passion and love, that we do these things with everything that we have. Man, I remember uh, man, when I gave my life to God in eighth grade, it really was like a New Year who this moment. Like, I went to school two weeks later, like when it started back, and I was a completely different person than I was last school year. Man, people kind of asked me, like, what was going on? Like, I was acting weird. I'm a little different, whatever. And it, it was because God changed my life. You know, because of that, I just, man, I, I had this passion to reach out to people. I had this passion to do ministry at school. I had this passion to share the love of God with people around me because he changed my life. I was excited. You know, every time Pastor Travis and them opened up Powerhouse, I was up here bugging them, like doing stuff. We were praying, we were worshiping, all this stuff. Like, I was so excited about it. And you know what, I, I mean, I'm still passionate about God, but I really felt like God was speaking to me. It's, it's time for you to return to that passion where you just want to be closer to me. You just, you just want more of me. You want to be more intimate with me. You want to worship. You want to pray. You, you want to just seek my face. And, and tonight, I really feel like it could be a night where we make decisions together that this year is going to be a year that we walk in intimacy with God. Think back to those moments where God has changed you, where God has spoken to you. God spoke to you at the beach trip. God spoke to you at fall retreat. God spoke to you at impact. Maybe it was when you were in kid zone, whatever. Maybe it was years ago, but you remember and God changed your heart. And I bet there was a spark inside of you that you have probably let kind of fade. And tonight, God wants to stir that on the inside of you again. Does this make sense? Man, I'm excited about the new year, but, you know, I, I began to think a little bit about this, and, and I was thinking about uh, King Saul, and I was thinking about his story and everything that he, he uh, man, he really did and he accomplished, and, and the beginning of his uh, call, when God called him to be the king, man, he had a heart after God. He had a heart to honor God. You fast forward to the end, and something happened where Saul kind of became twisted. He began to walk in disobedience, this fire and passion that he had once had for God had died. And I want to tell you tonight that it is our job individually to keep the fire in our life for God burning. It's, it's your job to keep that burning in your life, that every day you come to him, you ask God to speak, you ask God to move, you, I mean, you read your word, you, you dive into him, you, you're throwing wood on the fire of your life that God would come and move in a mighty way. 
And in tonight, I really felt like we just simply needed a time where we cry out to God and we just say, hey, you know what, God? I need to refocus. I need to recenter. Man, I've gotten off track. I've gotten distracted. I'm worried about this. I'm worried about that. God, this year, 2020, I want it to be a year where I'm passionate for you, where I love you, where I serve you, where I, you know my works and I'm proud of them. I'm not ashamed. And I want to invite our, our band, our worship team to come down. And if you would, just, you can kind of stand up with me and come down front. Welcome to the Powerhouse Youth Podcast. We're glad that you're joining us today, and we hope that this builds you up and helps you live out your faith. Enjoy the message.